for your information is brought to you by Mothman. Submit to him. Ladies and gentlemen, live from coast to coast, we proudly present For Your Information with Zach and John. Boston makes me feel good. Welcome to For Your Information, a podcast about good movies, better cocktails, and best friends. We're your hosts, Zach. And I'm John. All right. And this week, we are going to be covering Ghostbusters. Ooh. Yay, Ghostbusters. Another one of those movies that I thought for sure I had seen through until I actually sat down and watched it cover to cover and quickly found out that I had not seen all the way through. And I'm I'm shocked at this because like this is like a this is a nerd staple. It is. Even though it's a big franchise, which like you don't think of Ghostbusters as a big franchise, but then like and we'll get into it later in the podcast. But I actually found a like there's so much merchandising for this movie. Yes, there is. Uh, There was like a kids' cartoon. There was like a ton of like toys. It was like the '80s, so this was like prime time toy. You know, time. I I don't even know how to say that. Other than the '80s was just full of this shit. Like any like '80s nostalgia video that I watch on YouTube is just full of merchandise. Yeah, and like I mean, it it was a very conservative and consumer heavy time. Um, even to the point in like not to ruin Ghostbusters two, but uh, in Ghostbusters two they uh they actually. Like, I guess some parent hires the Ghostbusters to come to her kid's birthday party. And uh, they keep saying, like, who's the most powerful team in the world? And they keep going, He-Man! And uh, that is because the He-Man toys actually outsold the Ghostbusters toys that Christmas. And they reference that in the movie? They reference that in the... Not... They don't, they don't say the thing about the toys, but that's the reason the line exists. Oh, I see. I see. Uh, He-Man, Masters of the Universe, uh, Castle Grayskull. Uh, oh God, what is it? Skeletor? How can I, I forget I Skeletor? I, I was gonna say I can't believe you're about to forget Skeletor, our Lord and Savior Skeletor. Um, the subject of so many memes. If, if you don't know who Skeletor is, he's that guy that like it. Like the top thing will be like when you ask a toddler what they have in their hand, and then he like looks at the camera and then runs away, and he's like in a purple suit uh, with a yellow skull face. I mean, he's just adorable. I love Skeletor. He's absolutely the least terrifying villain of all time. But he is also the most evil animated villain of all time. He is the most evil, but he's the most adorable. Like, I feel like true evil wouldn't actually be that scary. Because, like, you know, people who are actually tough and, like, you know, could actually fuck you up really don't make that known. Because it's better to be surprising than it is to be upfront. So, like, if, like, an evil entity was just, like, you know, let, let's take Zool, for example, in this movie. Like, it, they're showing off a little bit. It's not necessarily, like, you know, the most cooth thing possible. I feel like the most evil would actually be adorable and, like, fun to be around. Uh, yeah, I think so, too. Um, I think your Dick Cheney type, you know, he's not scary to look at, but he is highly evil. Yeah, I'm... I'm actually shocked to hear you say that. However, I'm happy that you you said that. I I will literally take any opportunity just to say the words Dick Cheney is evil out loud. Not because I really believe it, but because it's fun. Because it's fun, and fuck them. Anyway, 
this is not a politics podcast, and I don't think we should ever change to one. It's like an earthworm with his third heart. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> he has a third heart, like a like a cow has like a third stomach. Uh, no, it's it's sequential. You know, he only has one in there at a time. But I think he's on his third one. I really hope that I'm not gonna get like you know uh, sued in any way for saying this. <laughs> Just, you know what? No, no, no. I am it, not the first person to say Dick Cheney is evil. Okay, I was gonna say like I mean, are you privy to his private medical records and no one actually knew about his uh, heart transplants? Because if uh, so, uh, I, I'm I'm interested in how you gained that information. Uh, you know what, man? Uh, a magician never reveals his secrets. Um, you never want to know how the sausage is made because once you know how the sausage is made, it ruins the movie Sausage Party for you, much like uh, Cannibal Holocaust will. Cannibal Holocaust will ruin anything the, the um the, the story behind this is that uh john and i watched cannibal holocaust um about a, a couple of days before i watched sausage party and i was like and everyone was talking about the food orgy in sausage party and how it was like the grossest and weirdest thing they'd ever seen and i was just like meh yeah you're numb to everything like you know that end scene in donnie darko where you hear mad world playing and everything's just kind of like bleak your whole life is like that for the few days after watching Cannibal Holocaust for the first time. It is it is a high it is a highly irregular film, and uh, we will cover it at some point in the near future. But and let's save the all the Cannibal Holocaust conversation for that day, because today it is time to talk about Ghostbusters. So John, after seeing the movie, like so, you said that you you hadn't realized that you hadn't seen it cover to cover. Like, was this just because you had a working knowledge of the film? Was it, like, just because you knew the song? Like, what Like what was it? Like, what made you feel was, like uh, you'd seen it? I think it was some of all. So, I had seen parts of it. I had seen clips of it. I had probably, like, sat in a room and watched 40 minutes of it at one point. And, yes, I did have a working knowledge of it as well. Um, know who the characters were, know what the imagery is like, all that stuff, and it just comes together. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, Ghostbusters. I remember Ghostbusters. But then, like, when you actually sit down and do it, you're like, nope, don't remember, like, uh, 70% of this. So... Mm -hmm. Did you yeah. remember the ghost blow job? Uh, I, again, I knew it happened, and I had seen it from, like, a clip or something, but I had not just watched it. <laughs> right. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in a movie. Well... I mean, then again, we just talked about a food orgy. But, yeah, and um, Cannibal Holocaust. And Cannibal Holocaust. But, like, when I was a kid, I mean, I was like, what the fuck? I, how does that even work? And That was your first question as a kid watching this? How does it work? <laughs> well, I mean, like, I guess probably when I say kid, I mean, like, probably like thir 12, 13. I was like, how, is a, how would a ghost blow somebody? Like, ah, like yeah. it, I mean, I guess that the ghost can make goo, and we see that in the film. So, I mean, like, it's, it's the ghost just, like, manifesting goo around the dick. Like, I mean, like, I just, I wonder how this works, and I kind of want to ask Dan Aykroyd at some point. It does demand that we ask some more questions. <laughs> Maybe if we buy enough Skull Vodka, Dan Aykroyd will, uh, will talk to us about Ghost uh, Blowjob. Yes, Crystal Skull brand vodka, owned by, uh, none other than Dan Aykroyd. Oh, God. It's it, it's Dan Aykroyd. I mean, this movie has Dan Aykroyd all over it, and we'll get to that as soon as possible. But in order to truly enjoy this episode, I'm going to need a cocktail. So, John, what have you concocted? And it better be just as good as the high C Ecto Cooler. The, okay, I, well, I don't know what a high C Ecto Cooler is. 
Motherfucker. I'm gonna get really mad in this episode. I can already feel it. Uh, it that's why we do this. It said that you can get mad at me. I, I understand, but it doesn't... It brings me no joy, son. It brings me no joy to punish you like this. Okay, so I did make a cocktail for this. Uh, it's called the Bustin' Cocktail. I know you already kinda used that joke, and we have already talked about the ghost blowjob once already, so I know that's kinda, like, already out there. And, you know, if I was smart, I would have done a variation on the blowjob, like, shooter, and I would have <laughs> called it the Bustin' Cocktail, but I didn't do that, because fuck that. And also, I didn't put any marshmallow fluff in the cocktail, because I'm not a fucking heathen. Oh, God. People put marshmallow fluff into a cocktail? See, this is my problem with people. People think that, like, you need to use, that you need to put alcohol into, like, candy or something like that just to drink, just, like, get it down and it's like no just fucking drink it if you don't like the way it tastes don't like fucking you know like don't put it into other shit just to make yourself drink it just don't drink it it's bad for you yeah of course and you're really just gonna have a bad time trying to be like oh man this candy is these are so good guys it's not like vodka gummy bears like if you like make those and you eat like 20 of them you're gonna feel like ass yeah and you're gonna have a giant hangover the exception to this is jello shots because jello shots are ingenious Yes, because the horse hooves and the suffering of all of those animals that's inside of the gelatin makes Ugh. you feel better. I have to keep, I have to not remind myself constantly that Jello is made out of horse hooves because I like Jello, and then and you also like horses, right? I mean, I, I, I respect horses like they're here, and I think they've earned their place in like the world and the animal kingdom. Um, they've been around for literally thousands of years. I don't, I don't see them going away anytime soon. They've done a good job as a species. So I don't really see, I don't really have a problem with them, per se. I guess if that's what you're asking. <laughs> Look me in the eye and tell me you don't use hair and mane shampoo. Or tail and mane shampoo. Uh, I mean, what? what? Uh, you don't know about tail and mane shampoo? I do not. I think Lay that's it on what it's me. called. It, it's literally a shampoo and conditioner that was developed for horses that also works for people, so you can use the same shampoo you use on your horse. Alright, um, I'm gonna take a strong stance here, as I'm known to do. Um, horse people scare me, so I, I think that was the thing I was trying to skirt around with my whole horse thing, is that horse people need to go somewhere fucking else. Like, they need to live somewhere else because I- they're they're either too pure for this world or they're too weird for this world that I can't determine which one it is. There's nothing wrong with horses, but loving a horse so much that, like, y all you do is watch, like, Spirits Die Under the Cimarron and Black Beauty, and, like, you all you do is go to horse conventions and you wear horse shirts and you live on a farm just so you can have your horses. Like fuck is wrong with you like i mean i like movies but i wouldn't live in a movie theater actually you know what no i would but you can't do that like i can't just own a movie theater just to live in it yeah, so it's yeah. not it's not fair that they can just like horses can be their thing and they can live their entire life around horses fuck you people you know as uh, a yeah. matter of fact now i hate you and horses i'm gonna eat so much jello today fuck you guys I, uh, okay i think retribution should not be served in a dish called jello uh, revenge is a, a dish not served lime flavored full of horse hooves that didn't work but i you know. i prefer blueberry does you prefer or, blueberry or just, not, not blueberry blue raspberry blue raspberry gelatin does that have more horse hooves in it i'll ask the grocery store when i go there which one of these has the most horse hooves in it and they're probably going to kick me out but which that's one of okay. these weighs more i know it weighs more because of the collective suffering and, and and the manager of the giant that i'm going to will probably be like what are you actually mad about right now yeah go home dick cheney <laughs> go home dick cheney
I heard your fourth heart's coming in the mail. Oh, new hearts. Anyway, uh, John, I, I've, I, I've been incredibly rude. Please tell me about your cocktail. Okay, okay. So it's called the Boston Cocktail, and it's pretty simple. Here's how you're going to make it. Uh, you're going to get shakers out, put some ice in them, and combine one and a half ounces of lemon juice, one and a half ounces of vodka. You can use Crystal Skull Vodka if that's what you... Is it Crystal Skull or Crystal Head? I think it's, I think it's Crystal Skull Vodka, and it's actually not that good. It's kind of like... Uh, uh, Marilyn Manson's absinthe. Like, is it ab- is it absinthe? Is it vodka? Yes. Is it, is it good? called mansynth? It is called mansynth. I don't. I don't like. I don't like that. I don't like mansynth. Anyway, so one and a half ounces of lemon juice, one and a half ounces of vodka, three quarter ounces of Midori, and a half ounce of triple sec. Shake it together with ice, and then strain it back into the other half of your cocktail shaker. You're not done yet. Then you're gonna take an egg white, and you're going to drop that in there and dry shake it. So you've already strained out the ice. You're not gonna have any ice in it. You're gonna dry shake it, and then you're gonna pour it directly into a martini glass. Ooh. So what you get here is you get something that is uh, one. It's green, so that's cool. Two. It has a big foamy top on it and three it kind of tastes like a lemon meringue kind of thing but that midori is going to give it a more interesting flavor um i like doing cocktails like this i like the mouthfeel of them i like the flavor um i didn't put marshmallow fluff in it because i just couldn't bring myself to ruin you know liquor with marshmallow fluff yeah, like, I, I've never eaten a s'mores and been like, hmm, I wish this got me drunk. Yeah, exactly. I, I wish, th- I wish this tasted the way my uncle's lips taste. I don't <laughs> need to know anything else about that. Um, you, 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 you've ruined this for me. <laughs> I'm so sorry. John, you, you put a lot of hard work into this, and I'm just an asshole. And I'm really No, that's sorry. okay. I mean, we already spent most of the time talking about your hate for horse people. So, you know, I, if you hate horse people that much, I, I can only imagine how much you dislike centaurs. I mean, I like centaurs. Centaurs have a right to have a human on top of them, because they are half human. I... Is it, I, 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 I don't like it. <laughs> I mean... Like, how can I be mad at a being that... It, that's just what it is. It, it is just a human and horse hybrid. It is j- the, the true, like, final form of horse people. Oh, but, like, I see. So, but, like, Tail and Mane was actually developed for centaurs, not for people that like horses to use. I assume that it was made with the express purpose that one day, we as horse people will be able to combine ourselves with horses once we figure out how the fuck to inseminate ourselves with horse cum we will be able to make centaur babies uh trust me people have been trying to use horse cum for a really long time uh it it doesn't work it i didn't know that people had actually tried this this was something that i thought was just in my brain um i was aware that the uh horse cock dildos existed um that's all the evidence you needed i i guess so like do do they did i'm gonna hate myself for even going here but do they have like the horse cock dildos that like do the cummies and all that shit i don't know i don't care but i'm just gonna (laughs) redirect you to greek mythology where i'm 99 percent certain like three different people bang horse Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, like, I, I get that it's a... Well, I don't get that it's a thing. It's uh, not cool. Don't... If you're thinking about fucking a horse, don't do it. If you've already fucked a horse, uh, don't do it again. Just sit down, get yourself a cool glass of water, eat a jello cup, you know? You're gonna be fine. <laughs> Where... What... You know what? And if horse people really wanted to come together as a people, why haven't they taken a stance against big gelatin? Uh, I think they just allow, like, PETA to do that for them. Ugh, PETA. Trying to take away my jello. You ever think about how horse 
explosives are essentially just giant toenails? I mean, yes. I mean, isn't that what they are? Yeah. I, I want cool like, shoes for my toenails. Another time when horses are getting treated better than me. And fuck them. Let's move on. Let's we have move to move on. on. This is not Ghostbusters. This is not even close to Ghostbusters. <laughs> I've sp- I, I, sorry, I'm trying to get my uh, my type 5 in. I'm trying to make sure that um, I'm getting my fucking uh, exclusively horse-hating comedy album out into the world. I'm, try- I'm, I'm testing, people. I'm testing. Let me know how I'm doing. Ah, okay. Alrighty. Let's bring in a, a man that you know, I know, and we uh, some of you love him, some of us tolerate him. Uh, it, it's mostly on the top tolerate side in this office that we only use for this part of the podcast um so everybody give a big hand and welcome frank synopsis all the way from central park hey it's me frank synopsis again to bring you another movie review um it's it's a synopsis it's in your name um i'm I'm shocked that you thought that you were reviewing the films this whole time. I am confused as to what's going on right now. I I, I, I completely understand that you were confused. You seem confused a lot of the time. But Frank, we love you. How you been? I've been doing just fine. I actually really, really love this movie. It reminds me of the one time that I saw a ghost. Oh, you saw a ghost. Uh, what what kind of ghost? Uh, was it like a full-on like specter? Was it like a ball of energy? Was it like... like, like what kind of ghost was it, Frank? Well, it was many, many years years ago and I was uh, out in the park as I usually am and uh, it was actually many full torso apparitions and they were kind of standing around a campfire. Oh, okay. And uh, what, what were they doing? Were, were they just standing around the campfire? Were they talking? Oh yeah, there was a lot of yelling involved and uh, there was one guy on a horse. Uh, yeah, that's kind of normal to see in Central Park. Uh-huh. So ghosts on a horse. Was the horse a ghost or was it a real goat? Or was it a real horse? I don't know, but that horse really didn't like uh, certain types of people. Ah, I think that for <laughs> for the purposes of this podcast, I cannot continue to let you tell you this story. Um, just know, Frank, that uh, if you ever see something like that, you should call somebody, namely the police. Do you have a cell phone, Frank? Mm, nope. Okay, well, I'm sure there's still telephone booths in uh, Central Park. I, I, there, there were the last time I was there, but granted, that was almost 10 years ago. Jesus Christ. Um, alright, Frank, so, uh, please give us your rendition of Ghostbusters, even though I think that your, uh, terms of ghosts are very loose. Alright, let's get into it. Three paranormal investigators start their own ghost hunting business after losing their grant from NYU. They catch ghosts, study them, store them, and gain substantial fame in the process. Then, one day, an ancient demon named Zool wreaks havoc on New York City, and there's only one team that they can call, the Ghostbusters. Thank you, Frank. That was very succinct, very good. Um, I completely understood what you meant. Um, and thank you for your time again. Uh, please gather up your things and your paycheck, and uh, we'll see you next time. All right, I'm gonna level with you though. Craft services has really been lacking recently. Um, Frank. Okay, I will try and throw away like, like a whole cup of mac and cheese that no one's touched before. I will try and throw it in the garbage can next time, just for you, buddy. Ooh, thank you. Yep. All right. Somebody uh, throw away whole things of food in the trash can from now on. Frank prefers it from there. (laughs) All right, John, are you back? Are we good to go? Uh, yeah, yeah, we're good to go. We're good to go. All right, let's get right into it. Uh, So we're going to go through some of the Wikipedia info for this. So, like, you know, shit that, like, if you pull down the little drop-down menu on 
Wikipedia, when you're looking at the Ghostbusters film Wikipedia, this is the shit you're going to find. But I'm going to give it to you here so that you don't have to go do that, because why would you read something if you could just listen to it? That is why audiobooks exist. Exactly. This is just an audiobook of Wikipedia. That, which is, like, kind of interesting and kind of not. When you put it that way, I don't know why we're doing this. But we're going to keep going because I like it. Alright, yes. so Ghostbusters was directed and produced by Ivan Reitman, who also produced the Bill Murray vehicles Meatballs and Stripes, and also the Arnold Schwarzenegger vehicle Twins and Kindergarten Cop. Ah, uh, not to be confused with RoboCop. No, Kindergarten Cop and RoboCop are two completely different movies, both with similar outcomes. Uh, um, uh, and you're talking about where they shoot off a bunch of people's dicks. Yes. I don't know if that happens in Kindergarten Cop. It's been a really long time since I've seen that movie. <laughs> Alright, so, but it was written by Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis, who also star in the film. Uh, Bill, it, The film also stars Bill Murray as Peter Venkman, as mentioned, Dan Aykroyd as Ray Stantz, uh, Sigourney Weaver as Dana Barrett, Harold Ramis as Egon Spengler, uh, Rick Moranis as Lewis Tully, and Ernie Hudson as Winston Zedmore. Uh, yes, uh, I really like the cast of this movie. I think they did a really good job picking everybody out. I Everyone in this movie does exactly what they're supposed to do 100% correctly. Like, it, it couldn't have been a more perfect cast for me. Agreed. Um, who's that one guy that plays uh, that guy? Uh, you know, that uh, that's not going to go anywhere. I'm not even going to ask that question. When it starts off with who's that guy that played that other guy? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I'm going to need you to come at me with specifics, but you know what? Go ahead and try your rambling, and maybe I'll find an answer. Uh, he's he's the one guy in both Space Jam and Jurassic Park. Um. Oh, uh, Newman from Seinfeld. Uh. Yeah. 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 I guess. Um. Uh, Wayne Knight. Ah, Wayne Knight. Yeah, I feel like this would be a good movie for him. Uh, uh, I, if Rick Moranis wasn't Lewis Tully, I could see Wayne Knight playing him. Yes, that would be interesting. They never cast fat people for movies in New York, though. I, I, I've noticed that over the years. Why is that? I don't know. I really don't. Maybe it's all the walking? Uh, it could be. Uh, it could just be that New York has like this mob-like mentality when it comes to protecting their image. Perhaps, perhaps, but, like, I mean, I just, like, any show about New York City, it's always, like, super fit, like, young people, and, like, any movie that takes place in New York City, like, yeah, there's fat people, but they're hot dog vendors. Like, I've always found that strange, because uh, I've been in New York City, and I've seen lots of fat people. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, again, it's the only thing that keeps people moving into that, like, just to, that roach motel of a city. Oh, exactly. Like, I mean, it's going to be like Tokyo in the next few years, where it's just like, you don't really have an apartment, you just have like a, like a, you know, like what they put the bodies in, in the morgue? Oh, yeah, yeah, one of those little cooler things. Yeah, one of those little cooler things. out of the wall. And it's got, it's got a padded mattress in it for nobody's purpose. Uh, um, yeah. Just, uh. <laughs> have you ever noticed, that, like, anytime I see it, like, on, like, a crime show, it's like, why is there a fucking little mattress in there? Like, yeah, who's that like, for? Like, it, every, mean, uh, every freaking 80s space movie that ever existed where, like, they're sleeping in the cryo chambers, everybody's mm -hmm. just gonna have one of those. Exactly. And, like, it's gonna be like that, like, I mean, like, cause in... Like, Tokyo, they have just little apartments, or maybe they're hotels, maybe they're not actually apartments, but it's literally just a space that you crawl into, and it's just your bed, and you can have, like, a little TV there, or whatever. 
a little TV or whatever is the future. A little TV or whatever is the future. I mean, technically it's small enough that if you just had an iPad in there, it'd probably be fine. Yeah, the idea works a lot better today than it did like 15 years ago. Oh yeah, exactly, because like you couldn't fit one of those tube TVs in there. You gotta get the tube TV in there. You know what you also gotta do? You gotta move on with the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alright, um, so it was distributed by Columbia Pictures and released June 8th, 1984. Uh, the budget was around 25 to $30 million, and the box office return was $295.7 million. Ah, uh, wonderful. Keeping with the, uh, the summer blockbuster theme. Oh yeah, I mean it. It's it, this was definitely the highest grossing like summer film of that year, and it's. I mean, it, it's not even just they made that in the box office. Well, I mean th- that number is the box office, but just think about the merchandising money they made because at this point everyone had learned their lesson from Star Wars because George Lucas had like retained most of the merchandising rights and like got to keep most of the merchandising money, so they made sure that that does not happen anymore. Ah, interesting. So, uh, George Lucas broke the system a little bit. Well, George Lucas both invented and broke the system at the same time. Mm, I see. Because, you know, back in the day, when you had to go get your Wizard of Oz action figures, that was a different situation. (laughs) Back when you wanted the Scarecrow with the gun that pops out of his hand. Once again, the most underrated underrated one-liner that John has ever had is the only thing that the only thing that can stop a bad witch with a flying monkey is a good scarecrow with a gun. It, there it, you go. It is the most underrated line, and I'm so sorry, John. Hopefully someone one day will print that on a t-shirt. Probably. Uh, I just hope that the NRA realizes the potential for, you know, using the scarecrow as their new, like, celebrity endorsement. Oh, God. No, I'm, I'm not cool with that. <laughs> Um, for many political reasons that we can't get into here. Because, once again, we are not a political podcast. But if you want us to be, we'll come up with some reasons. Um, it's it's really going to turn into me and John arguing and not talking about movies. And I'm going to pick movies specifically to piss John off politically. Ah, uh, yes. And then March Madness is going to roll around again and things are going to get really ugly. Yeah. So, if you want us to hate each other, let us know down in the comments. All right. So, let's talk about the humble beginnings of Ghostbusters. So, Ghostbusters was actually born out of Dan Aykroyd's fascination with the paranormal. And uh, if you didn't know, Dan Aykroyd, Saturday Night Live alum, multiple, like, Emmy and Academy Award winner. He's been in a shit ton of stuff. He was one of the Blues Brothers. Uh, You know who Dan Aykroyd is. Yes, I do know who Dan Aykroyd is. Did you know that he is out of his goddamn mind? (laughs) I did also know that. He is... Like, I I mean, don't get me wrong. I've seen ghosts. I believe in ghosts. I believe in aliens. I believe in cryptids. But I don't believe in them the way that Dan Aykroyd does. Yeah, Dan Aykroyd believes in them like some people believe in Jesus Christ. Yes, like, Dan for Dan Aykroyd, it is absolutely 100% real. There's no, like, metaphorical shit with it. It is just fucking real. And if you don't believe it, then Dan Aykroyd wants nothing to do with you. <laughs> and, I mean, he, he's he's gone on so many shit. He's created so many shows about the paranormal. And he also has, like we mentioned before, the, the Crystal Skull Vodka. Yes, which is beautiful. Which is just vodka in a cool bottle. Now, now the bottle is cool. I would want to keep the bottle. I... 
I'm going to go off in a bit of a liquor tangent here because that is close enough to the movie and also to the core of the podcast. Okay. Don't spend more than, I'm going to say, 20 to $25 on a bottle of vodka. I mean, Crystal Skull Vodka is like 70 I mean, you're paying... It pay- is you're, expensive. You're, you're paying for the bottle, man. You are. And if you just want the bottle, that's cool. Go ahead and do that. Buy the vodka, you're going to drink the vodka, you keep the bottle. When you run out of vodka, just... Put some taka in there, because I guarantee you, you're not going to tell the difference. See, I, I, this is where I disagree with you. Um, I, I think that you should spend more money on vodka than taka, like because taka just it ruins anything you're trying to make with it. Then again, I think to me, vodka ruins any like cocktail. But I think that in the future, when we do episodes in person, because uh, actually I haven't seen you in person since we started this podcast, which is insane. Yeah. Uh, when we actually do an episode in person, I'm probably just going to get you to taste test a bunch of different vodkas and just see if you can actually tell the difference between any of them. And I really don't think you're going to be able to. I mean, I will. I will be able to pick out Taka. I know that we'll, I will. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Anyway, don't spend more than $25 on a bottle of vodka unless it's just for the bottle and never do it again. <laughs> and we just lost Dan Aykroyd's cosign. Um, you know what, man? No, I, I love the movie. I love ghosts. Uh, I, I think aliens are probably a thing, too. Um, I just don't. $70 for a bottle of vodka is too much. <laughs> Stop pushing your mental illness on us, Dan Aykroyd. All right. So um, he he wanted to write. He, he got the idea for Ghostbusters because he wanted to make a modern version version of like the Abbott and Costello and like silly ghost movies of like the 1930s so like this was like when ghosts were kind of like a comedy thing mm. like it like ghosts were like ooh spooky it's like but, a scooby-doo type situation yeah like a scooby-doo type thing so he wanted to make the modern version of that so he wanted to make a funny ghost movie because like most ghost movies were like scary at this point uh namely ghost starring Patrick Swayze <laughs> Uh, you know, haven't seen it. It that's okay. I, I we w- that is very bottom of the barrel for me. Like, it, uh, like, you know what other ghost movie is actually scary? What? Sixth Sense. Yeah, I mean, well, it, it's a thriller, but it even though it's not a horror movie, it is still scary. It is still scary. Like, it, it is largely serious in tone. Yes. All right. So, Aykroyd had originally wrote the movie with himself, Eddie Murphy, and John Belushi in the lead roles. So, a lot of like comedians when they're writing movies, like they they do this, like they they have people in mind when they write it. Oh. I mean, I would have loved to have seen a version of this movie with Dan Aykroyd, Eddie Murphy, and John Belushi, but unfortunately, John Belushi passed away in 1982 before the script was even complete. Mm. Man, this could have been Blues Brothers 2, basically. Like, it it could have been so perfect. Yes, Blues Brothers 2, Ectoplasmic Boogaloo. Yes, exactly. Ugh. Man, I miss John Belushi. Even though I was never alive when John Belushi was alive. Like, I I miss that he didn't get to live out his career just same same as chris farley like it's it's truly unfortunate yeah uh john candy as well yeah john candy um just don't party so hard everybody <laughs> like i know we're an alcohol podcast but like don't don't party so hard like this yes. th- this this is how this that's how this happens anyway, always drink responsibly always drink responsibly please don't drink and drive and listen to this podcast even though like normally you're gonna want to listen to a podcast in the car <laughs> yeah if you're in los angeles and you're on the 405 and you've been sitting in the same spot for 45 minutes because it's really just a parking lot uh don't give in to temptation don't pull over to the am pm and get like two 40s of old english 800 jesus christ 
<laughs> All right, we have to move on. All right, so um, with John Belushi passing away, um, the the film kind of like fell into a like development hell, and uh, Eddie Murphy became too busy. However, fellow Saturday Night Live alum Bill Murray agreed to star in the film, but he did not sign any contracts, as uh, he is infamous for doing. Hmm. So Bill Murray is very strange in the film world, where it's like it, because he is Bill Murray, he is allowed to do things other people regularly would not get away with doing so bill murray actually has no really good way to contact him like you can't just call up bill murray's agent bill murray and his agent actually have secret numbers huh secret numbers yeah like so you have to be told by somebody who bill murray trusts his number Interesting. So, uh, do robocallers still figure out who he is? Oh, I'm sure he gets robocallers, but, I mean, he probably just, like, from what I understand, he largely ignores the phone, and if you get him, it is him calling you. Interesting. So you gotta leave him a message, and he'll get back to you. Yeah, so if you somehow, by chance, get Bill Murray's number and call it, if he calls you back, he is more than likely going to do whatever you're asking him to. Interesting. I'm going to start doing this. Yeah. I'm going to do I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a number, and, you know, if you want me to record a podcast, you'll have to call the number. You'll have to figure out what it is to call me and then wait for me to call you back. I have you under contract, so no, fuck you. Ah, um. right. <laughs> Just like Frank's synopsis. Although I don't even think he has a phone. He does not have a phone, but he does have a contract. I contract everybody in here because I don't mm. want you to go away just because I pissed you off. <laughs> so when we try to contact Frank, do we just kind of like send a letter to Central Park? Like, do they just throw it into the park from the sidewalk? Um, I actually give Frank... I gave Frank a list of movies that we could potentially do, and I just hope to God, A, that he shows up, or B, that he's seen the movie that I want him to talk about. I see. Okay, okay. So this is a bit of a different method than Bill Murray. This is a different method. This, this is truly just trying to help the homelessness crisis in New York City. Anyway, um, yeah, so basically, Bill Murray will not sign a contract until the day he shows up on set. Because I guess his theory there is, if something better comes along i could go do that or if i decide day of i don't want to do it i don't have to do it huh so they have to uh, you know i don't want to say appease him but they have to play ball until he shows up to actually do the thing oh yeah and he did that's actually kind of how <laughs> how this went like th he did not say that he was coming until he showed up on set and he was ready to film like he had the whole script memorized he was good to go but they actually wow. did not know until that day when they were going to shoot his first scene that he was actually going to be there you know what? Go for it, Bill Murray. Uh, I, you do you. Hey, man, he's going to do it whether anyone likes it or not. <laughs> oh, man. So moving backwards in time a little bit the original draft of the script was actually much more serious in tone but a couple of rewrites occurred when Harold Ramis came on board and he actually mm. wasn't even going to be in the movie but he the way he rewrote that character that everyone in the writing room was like I can't see anyone other than you playing this role so how common is that um it's actually pretty common I mean like some people just write really well for themselves like they know their strengths like uh I think a good modern example of this would be Lin-Manuel Miranda uh, who wrote um, In the Heights and Hamilton, and he starred in both of those musicals. I see. Uh, yeah. So this is very much one of those things where it's like in New York, written in New York, by a New Yorker for a New Yorker type thing. Yes, very much so. But like, I mean, some people just really know how to write for themselves. Like, yeah, New Yorkers know how to write for New Yorkers. Exactly. And um, I mean, like being an am like a like a novice or hobby writer, like I I would I have a hard time like trying to write 
write roles for myself. Because, like, I don't want to write something that I'll act in because I fucking hate acting. Oh, I see. I, I didn't realize that you took such a strong stance on acting, you know, at this point in your life. Uh, I mean, it's just like a, it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm okay at this, but I don't really enjoy it. So I'd rather be the writer and director. Like, I don't want to actually be in things. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things that changed as I went through, like, you know, the art schools. And I was like, man, I don't want my face on shit. <laughs> I don't want to go to Walmart and have to deal with the fact that, like, oh, cool, there's an action figure of me in here. And then have that existential crisis. Because it either freaks you the fuck out or you think you're God now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, when you see a small plastic, uh, you know, like, symbol of yourself and you're like, wow, this plastic's going to last way longer on this earth than I ever will. And that's where I would go with it, and I don't want I don't want that to happen to me. Yes, this someone's gonna buy this and it's gonna go in landfill for half a million years. Alrighty. Um the about the only things that stayed from the original script were the Ghostbusters logo that was drawn by Dan Aykroyd, um, crudely in the script. <laughs> um they nice. had they had an actual fucking person come and do it. Um and the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. Uh I like the Stay Puff Marshmallow Man, and I'm just picturing Dan Aykroyd sitting there with a piece of paper in front of him just clutching a crayon on his fist drawing the Ghostbusters logo. <laughs> he's, he's doing it in white crayon because it's ghost color. <laughs> it's ghost color. <laughs> it's a ghost colored crayon. Oh god. I mean if this movie taught us anything is that ghosts really are any color but white. You know there's the blue one and the green one and then there's uh Gozer. <laughs> Gozer. Um yeah I that's a demon though. That's a demon. Um yeah. <laughs> And, uh, like we've mentioned several times before, uh, the movie was shot on location in New York City. Shocker. Shocker. By New Yorkers for New Yorkers with New York cast, uh, shot on location in New York City. Who can blame them? Just, just, yes. just stay where you know. Play to your strengths. Yeah, the catering was just hot dogs. The <laughs> Gross. <laughs> so, so many anuses were eaten in this movie. Anyway, um, so they actually kind of hit a bit of a snag during the, uh, making of this film, and I I find it super interesting and i'm gonna try and give you the short version of this all right so while filming so while filming ghostbusters columbia's legal team actually found out that there had been a live action children's tv show from 1975 that was owned by universal called ghostbusters ah and the show centered around a fictional ghost detective agency that solved crimes with the help of an anthropomorphic gorilla Okay, I don't think we need to qualify gorillas as anthropomorphic. Do, I mean, okay, so the gorilla talks. That's what I'm trying to say. Oh, okay, so it's sentient. So it is, it, okay, yeah, so instead of anthropomorphic, it is sentient. Um, I don't know if that's offensive or not. Anyway, um, so... <laughs> So, uh, naturally, as these things happen, because Universal knew that, like, Ghostbusters, like, this was, th there was word going around, like, the Hollywood, you know, fucking squares. Like, th this was gonna be a big deal. So, Universal actually didn't want to give Columbia the rights to the name, pre presumably, because they were going to, like, you know, probably try and revive this series after this came out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, um, so they wouldn't give up the rights to the name, so the Ghostbusters creative team actually had to scramble to find other names for the movie, like Ghost Stoppers or Ghost Breakers, which also wouldn't have worked because it was a 1940 film starring Bob Hope from Paramount Pictures. I Ghost Breakers. Yeah, I can't imagine. I can't imagine this movie being called Ghost Break. Like, I mean, and I don't think they could either. They knew this movie had to be called Ghostbusters. <laughs> just Ghost Breakers sounds like a uh, like Ice Breakers mints that just taste like the inside of your mouth already does. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's a ghost man it tastes like whatever you just ate it's, 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 it's a ghost of food past it's a mirror of the inside of your mouth but in taste form i don't i, I don't i don't even want to know like i don't i don't like that i don't want it <laughs> um because <laughs> like it's like i already know what my mouth tastes like but i'm used to it so i feel like having like a mint that would make me taste exactly what it tastes like would be yeah. horrifying <laughs> Yeah, it tastes the way that your kitchen smells after you cooked a bunch of stuff in there. Oh, God, like, uh, I, I, I'm not a big meat eater. As a matter of fact, I haven't eaten beef in almost, uh, God, almost 15 years. Ah, uh, yes, the moral superiority police. I'm not, no, 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 It's purely a taste thing. It is a taste and texture thing. I don't like it. I don't care that people eat cats. Yeah, when he goes to the barbecue grill, he brings a slab of jello and puts that on the grill. <laughs> hey, man, smoked jello is a thing, and, uh, if you haven't tried it, it, you're the wrong i okay <laughs> i mean if you fry jello it does become very meat like in texture anyway I, it's mostly water so if you put it in a deep fryer i think it's just gonna blow up i mean no like it, that, that's ice if you put ice in a um in a deep fryer it blows up i don't think jello would blow up I think the purpose of Jello is to have the similar phenomenon making water a solid but it does it without freezing it I think you're correct. Anyway, where I was going with this is I don't like the way that, like, a kitchen smells after you make beef in it. Uh-huh. It's just, it's a weird smell. I don't like it. Fuck it. Anyway, um, let's get right back into this incredibly interesting story I was telling you. Um, I think it's interesting. If you don't think it's interesting, why are you listening? All right, so this came, this all, like, this whole legal battle kind of came to a head where they were filming the cheering crowd scene. So, like, when, like, the Ghostbusters are coming out and the crowd is like, Ghostbusters, yeah! Ah. We're in New York! Um, <laughs> by the way, I've actually seen the Ghostbusters firehouse. It still stands. Oh, does it really? Yep, it's in New York City, and it was cool. And I stood outside it, and I was like, Bill Murray was here once. And then I remembered, oh, yeah, Bill Murray's probably been everywhere in this city. This isn't as interesting now. And then I continued right. walking. <laughs> um so when they were filming that they were like okay we can't really have them scream ghostbusters if we don't have the if we don't have the rights to the name and uh basically uh dan Aykroyd and harold remis said fuck it we'll fix it in post and just let them scream ghostbusters nice uh, that's the type of uh that's the type of attitude that made this place great and by this place i mean probably just new york city <laughs> it is very a uh, fuck it we'll fix it in post kind of city Yes, that's, uh, I'm, I'm looking at you, Bloomberg. Oh, I'm looking Michael at you, Bloomberg. uh, whoever their mayor is now. Um, I, it's, I can't remember who their mayor is right now. I, I, I really don't care enough. Um, oh, I think it's de Blasio. Oh, it is de Blasio, isn't it? Yeah, it is de Blasio. Sorry, I had to think. I was like, uh, when was the last time I watched Saturday Night Live? They probably said the name. Oh, de Blasio. Yep, okay, that's it. Yes. <laughs> All right, so, um, you know, Universal, not very happy about this. You know, so, just legal battles ensue um they they're pretty much sure that they're not gonna get the name and that they're gonna have to go back and like fix the whole thing or scrap it but luckily they had an ace up their sleeve that they didn't even know was up their sleeve uh someone had put it there and that man's name was frank price ah uh, not to be confused with vincent price who had many aces up his sleeve but they were actual aces like the card yes exactly uh, so Frank Price was a Columbia executive who was working with Ghostbusters, and he was trying to get Universal to, you know, l let them have the name. They weren't having it, but as luck would have it, Frank Price quit Columbia 
and actually became the head of Universal Productions. Ooh. Who and he his first thing that he did when he was in office was he made a deal with Columbia to use the Ghostbusters trademark for five hundred thousand dollars and a one percent stake in the film's box office returns, which they never got. Why <laughs> they did ne- they not get it? They never got the one percent because um basically it was like I guess two hundred forty nine million dollars. I guess one percent of that would be like what two thousand three million. It would be about three million dollars. Yeah, because it's three hundred. It's about three hundred million, and one percent of one hundred is one. So 1% of 300 is 3. Yeah, I don't know why they didn't get it, but I just read that it was never paid. Huh, okay. <laughs> so maybe it was just like a, ah, you guys keep it. You did a good job kind of thing. You know, kind of like kind of like when your parents, like, you they you owe them money and, like, you hand it to them and then they just hand it right back to you. Uh, yeah, yeah, just like that, except it's $3 million between two <laughs> rival corporations. I, I mean, you know. You, I you gotta, honestly... You, you got to take care of your boys, and that's... If the, I was Universal, I would demand all of that money to be paid to me in wheelbarrows full of dimes just so you can put it into a vault and dive into it like scrooge mcduck yeah and as soon as you hit the top of it it just collapses your spinal column <laughs> i was so mad like i've never been more mad at a family guy like bit than that because i was like my childhood is ruined oh you know what i forgot that is a family guy bit isn't it it, it uh, is most things are just family guy bits now i think that well i mean family guy bits are also like consisting of other people's bits that family guy just like kind of co-ops ah uh, right but i mean I, I it was the first time that the concept of diving into like a pool full of you know coins it was the first time that, like, I had to realize as an adult, like, oh, that would actually hurt you a lot, wouldn't it? Yep. <laughs> anyway, so, uh, this move made a lot of Universal execs angry, and they tried to revitalize the Ghostbusters TV show with an animated spinoff in the vein of the Ghostbusters TV show, which we uh. will talk about momentarily. Um, and I, I, I'll just go ahead and spoil this for you right now. The Ghostbusters, uh, animated spinoff based on the 1975 series did not do well. They only produced five episodes. Oh, what do you mean? There was an unsuccessful animated series in the 80s based on a movie? What is, how no, 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 is no, no, that no, no. possible? I'm talking about the, the animated spinoff of the 1975 series. Oh, there was an unsuccessful spinoff of a 1975 movie? Or, I mean, TV series? How? That's crazy. <laughs> Kids were just not into it. They were like, this is... The, and the, the, the worst part was they called it The Real Ghostbusters. I remember that. I remember it being called that. <laughs> yeah, and it was... Oh, God. No, no, no. Oh, wait, not not the real Ghostbusters. Sorry, it was just called. I think it was called the original Ghostbusters. Th- then what is the what? Uh, uh, we'll, we'll get into it momentarily. I promise. I promise. I promise. All right. So let's talk about the legacy of this. So um, you know I'm a sucker for DVD releases. Um, yes, you are. <laughs> so Ghostbusters re- was released on home video on October 31st, 1985, and was available at Blockbuster Video. Amazing. Uh, a classic. A classic. Like so, it it was there from the beginning to the very bitter end of Blockbuster. Um, the DVD was released on June 29th, 1999. Um, I owned this DVD. I think my father bought it for me. Uh, probably close to around the time it came out. Um, it was available on digital January 1st, 2008, on Blu-ray on June 16th, 2009, and on 4K Blu-ray on June 7th, 2016. Nice. So they stayed with the times here. They, they oh, got yeah. all the releases as they were becoming popular. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I, I'm not sure if there was a Laserdisc version of this film. I did not look, but if someone knows about a Laserdisc Ghostbusters, I'm interested. Yeah, 1985 seems a little, uh, seems a little late for 
for Laserdisc, I guess. Oh, that's not true, because they were doing that through, like, what, 92? Yeah, I mean, Roger Rabbit was on uh, Laserdisc. Ah, uh, yes, Roger Rabbit. Who could forget? And Roger Rabbit definitely came out after this movie. Yes, um, but it's it's special glitch. It's a special glitch, yes. I love Laserdisc. I still want one. I haven't bought one yet. Maybe, maybe after the world is done being over, I'll get one. Beautiful. <laughs> All right, so tons of toys and shirts were sold from 1984 until now. Like, even even as recently as, like, this year, I've seen Ghostbusters shirts at, like, Target. Nice. Uh, Target's been a, a big point of contention this year. You know, there's been a lot of stuff happening around Target, and I'm just glad that they've stood by their their partners. You know, stocking Ghostbusters merchandise. Oh, exactly. I mean, I I like Target. I can't I can't fault Target. Anyway, so um, like I was mentioning before, the Ecto Cooler, it was actually a brand of high C fruit juices. Uh, that were sold from 1987 to 1997 and briefly appearing again in 2016. Uh, let me guess. Uh, in 2016, they did it to celebrate the, uh presidential election uh no they did it to celebrate uh ghostbusters answer the call which we'll talk about right now actually so uh, Ah. ghostbusters has had three sequels uh ghostbusters 2 in 1989 ghostbusters answer the call in 2016 and uh the upcoming ghostbusters afterlife uh 2020 which will be coming out in 2021 originally slated to be coming out this year but because of coronavirus and theaters being closed they chose to postpone it I mean, it's actually directed by Jason Reitman, who directed uh, one of John's new favorite films, Juno. Alright, so I really don't think that Juno has the same energy that Ghostbusters has, and I like Juno. (laughs) I think it's a good movie. I don't think that the Juno vibe can really be applied to Ghostbusters. We don't know yet. It also stars uh, Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things. Oh, okay, that'll be interesting. What is he gonna play, um, Rick Moranis' character? Uh, no, it is not. It's not like a re. It's not a remake. It is a uh, reboot. Oh, another reboot. Yeah. So, Ghostbusters: Answer the Call was also a reboot. Oh, what do you mean the last reboot didn't work? <laughs> you can't. You can't just make a movie. Uh, you can't just make the same movie again with a female cast and like you know make it try and make it like a feminist statement, but then you have a male director, a male writer, um mostly male crew mostly male cast other than the female cast you know like why didn't it work you know it's almost like it was a cash grab it's almost like it was (laughs) just just so everyone knows we we stand by feminism and uh we agree that more females need to be given more roles in the film industry this just wasn't it (laughs) yes this when you just like slide it on top of people like a wet blanket and you're like this will keep you nice and warm like i didn't ask for that i I, (laughs) and as a matter of fact this is just feathers sewn together i it's so good for you and make you feel good no it doesn't as a matter of fact this is this is horrible there's a lot wrong with ghostbusters answer the call however it features um potentially the last cameo that uh ozzy osbourne will ever do in a movie so for that it'll it'll forever be a special place in my heart however the ghosts in that movie look exactly the same as the um cg and fucking this live action scooby-doo movie and it's oh jesus and i'm like this movie is 16 years older than that movie how is this possible (laughs) anyway um i maybe we'll cover ghostbusters answer the call at some point just so i can i think we're gonna have to yeah Yeah, as a (laughs) follow-up so we'll uh we'll we'll get there we'll get there eventually for now let's talk about the original ghostbusters let's talk about my happy place um so Ghostbusters had three animated television series, uh, the real Ghostbusters from 1986 to 1991, extreme Ghostbusters in 1997, which I remember vividly, and um, a new one called Ghostbusters Ecto Force. 
um, which should be coming out at some point soon. Yeah, this is going to be the one that does the uh, the animated ghost blowjob. <laughs> It's 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 the heavy metal of Ghostbusters um animated series. Which have you seen heavy metal, John? Um, no, I haven't. Uh, I've seen uh Metalocalypse. Uh, similar. <laughs> heavy heavy metal is a very stupid, very Gen X boomer movie. But um, it's it's entertaining at least, I guess. Um, you mean there's a stupid boomer movie? What? There's a stupid boomer movie? Um. <laughs> Good God. Um, and, uh, just because it's worth mentioning, um, the franchise has had roughly 16 video games based on it, releasing from 1984 on the Atari 2600 is just Ghostbusters, and, uh, going all the way up through mobile games in 2018 with the release of Ghostbusters World, which is a, uh, Pokemon Go type thing for Ghostbusters, and I can't see them making money on this, but whatevs. You know what? Honestly, though, I, I think that was the natural next step. Uh, you gotta love a franchise that has more individual video game releases than TV series episodes. <laughs> it has it has more it at least has more video games than it does movies. Which uh, I, I I mean Star Wars is the same way, but I mean it's Star Wars. Yeah, well at least Star Wars has what nine core movies now. So like that's it's a big franchise. Ghostbusters it, it's not that big as far as like total runtime of content goes. Exactly, but there's way more video games. I mean, it's better than uh the 3 Ninjas series which only has one video game. Uh how does it <sighs> we're, we're not going there. We're not going to do that. We're not talking about it. Oh man. So let, let, to wrap this episode up, to wrap it in a nice big bow, and a, and probably a ghost blowjob. Let's wrap it in a ghost blowjob. Let's do that. Um, so, does knowing that something is a big franchise discourage you from wanting to watch it? Because from from time to time, like, like I, I would say the Hunger Games series. The Hunger Games series, because I knew it was a franchise, I knew it was big, I knew it was really popular, I knew that I had very little interest in it, really dissuade me from ever watching it, and I still have not watched a single Hunger Games movie. Not that um, I'm trying to brag about it, but it's just not something that, like, I want to watch it, because I know that it's a franchise and it's something that everyone loves. It just, like, detracts me from wanting to watch it. Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying uh i think i've done the same thing with hunger games i think i've seen the first movie uh it is as dumb as i thought it was gonna be mm -hmm. uh however uh something like game of thrones was very different so that was a really big franchise when i first got into it and i was like oh this is cool this is cool and i watched it all the way through really loved it started reading the books way better by the way and uh really loved that too so like it turns out that that one was really good that wasn't what i thought it was gonna be at all but then like hunger games i was like this is exactly what i yeah no this, this is what i thought it was gonna be i don't like it or like another Another one that I would say is like Jurassic Park. Okay, yeah, like that's I can a, see it. That's a franchise that I have like very little like love and affection for. Like I remember liking the first movie as a kid, but I just I couldn't see. Like I I mean I'm not seven anymore. I don't want to watch a movie about dinosaurs. Oh, see, this is exactly how I feel about ninety percent of the Disney content that exists. See, and that's fair, and I will I will agree to that. Like the dis Disney content just makes me happy for whatever reason, and I don't know why. Especially like watching like old like um you know documentaries about Disney World or you know the Disney Studios. Like it just it just makes me happy. Like I I wish that I could somehow bring some of that happiness back to the world today where it's not as hateful as it was then. Ah, uh, yes, yes. I, I I love all the old Disney content. I love the uh, Steamboat Willie ethics. Uh, <laughs> it it's all it's great. I love it. I, I understand, like, the, the, 
I'm I'm a big Disney fan, but I also completely get where you're coming from when you shit on it like that. Like, uh, yeah. And I think most Disney fans will say that, like, yeah, Walt Disney probably wasn't, like, the best person, but, I mean, he also started an empire that I enjoy. Right, yeah. At least he loved Disney, right? We've heard that argument before. <laughs> Disney on Disney. I love him. Anyway. Yeah, and... I just, has there been a big franchise that has come out, like, in the last 20 years that could rival even something like Ghostbusters? Because, like, the 80s had, like, you know, Back to the Future and Ghostbusters, and the 90s had Jurassic Park. Like, well, I think the number one problem is that we don't have fun anymore. Um, <laughs> we, we really don't. Like, everything is super serious for some reason. So, like, uh, you, you get The Matrix, maybe, for the 2000s. Yeah, The Matrix uh, would be the, the big one. teens are going to go with the Avengers series. Oh, yeah, I mean, that's true. I forgot about the Avengers, but I just I just don't care. <laughs> like, yeah. I, like I've seen most of the movies, but I just don't care. <laughs> I just don't uh, care about Like, uh, Born Identity. Man. I think Born Identity is kind of the same way, where it's like... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Transformers. Cool. Yeah, I, sorry, I keep forgetting about all of these because I just don't care about them. Well, they all look... I don't want to say they all look the same, but, like, when you watch a trailer for that, you're like, it's, like, the same color scheme. It's, like, the same... Kind of thing. Oh, you yeah, know, that, that Hod Zimmer Inception music god i i'm so ready for that trend to be over right and i hate that that's got to be the trademark for like the late 2000s and 20 teens but like it really seems like all of our franchises are flavored like that right now or at least they have been up until this point now that the Avengers thing is kind of over with, maybe we'll see a shift into something else. But again, it's not Ghostbusters. We're not having fun with this. Like, Guardians of the Galaxy was probably the closest thing that we had to something like that. Maybe I'm overlooking something, but it, it wasn't a big thing like Ghostbusters was. No, and it it, it, it is upsetting because... And not to get political again, but usually, I mean, like, most media is left-leaning. Like, most people that make movies are, like, either left-leaning or non-political. Yes, the Hollywood pedophile ring. Uh, that's not where I was going with this. But anyway, oh, okay. um... <laughs> so, like, usually in times of, like, major conservatism like we're in right now, that's usually when you get things like Ghostbusters because they're so angry and they're doing so many drugs that they come up with good ideas. I just don't know why that's not happening right now. Um... Like, it, like again, it, we don't have fun. I don't think people approach problems that way anymore. Like laughter is maybe the best medicine, but we don't use that. We'd rather use holistic, like rosemary oil applied to the forehead. And our holistic rosemary oil applied to the forehead is Ghostbusters answer the call. <laughs> I mean, like you're I, not nobody wrong. asked for this. Yeah, that that was the thing was nobody wanted this. Like, like uh, thanks, I hate it. <laughs> I mean. <sighs> Because, like, I mean, even in the 2000s, like, you know, because of the Bush era, we got American Idiot out of it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, music, I feel like, has been a little better than movies have been about this. Um, maybe I'm wrong about that. Uh, we had American Pie. Uh, that was a series from the Bush era that might actually hold a little bit of comedic water. It... It, it, to varying degrees. Um, I'm, I'm not big on sex comedies. I just think they're kind of stupid and they're made for stupid people. Is Juno a sex comedy? Uh, I mean, it's, it's about the aftermath of the sex. Huh. And it is a comedy, so I, I, I mean, is it post-sex comedy? I, we don't need to go. <laughs> this is why we don't have fun anymore. This is why we don't have fun anymore. We must find a label to put on this. 
Yes. Anyway. Oh man, I mean, I th- I think that's gonna put a wrap on Ghostbusters. Um, I, it's it's a movie that I look fondly from childhood, and it still holds up today. I like I I can't find anything wholly offensive in the movie, so I think it's uh I think it's still a good one. I, I'm waiting for someone to find something offensive in it. Uh, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say uh Bill Murray and the way his character approaches, like Sigourney Weaver's character, is a little misogynistic. But I think uh, that, yeah, that that's is true. I didn't. It's think played about for that. laughs and it's written into the character, and there are certain redeeming qualities to it. Uh, it don't be a creep. He's a little bit of a creep, but it's funny. Yeah, and he, that doesn't make it cool, but it does make it entertaining to watch. He shouldn't have come to her work. No, yeah, he does some weird shit. Don't do that. Don't yeah, don't okay, make this yeah. your. I forgot about that. It, the, the way that he approaches her character is problematic. I forgot about that. Sorry. But she also is a strong female character and handles it well. Well, she should have called the police. But yeah, not she the Ghostbusters. Who are you gonna call? Fucking nine one one. Nine one one. Who Ghostbusts the Ghostbusters? Uh, literally the EPA. <laughs> they tried. They tried yes. to hold them down. So now we have to get the cops involved. Anyway. <laughs> That that's gonna do it for this week. Uh, for for your inflammation, I'm Zach and I'm John. Um, make sure you watch a new movie this week. Um, I know you're probably running out of shit to watch, but I promise you, there's thousands of them. Go find them. And uh, if you're having trouble finding a movie and you need something to do, go give us five star review on Apple Podcasts. Uh, that'll get people more involved in this little shit dick that we have going on. And uh, like us on Facebook because you can. It's a thing you can do, and it's fun. All right, guys. See you later. Do you think food wants to be eaten? Um, I think I would refer you to the movie Sausage Party, uh, and the answer is yes until it happens. Oh, okay. So it's uh, is is that movie like a whole like allegory for like death? Like, uh, yes. And like yeah. religion, because it like is. people want to go to heaven and all the way up until the moment that they actually die, and then it's terrifying. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think that it is like that for some people. I would not give that movie that much credit, though. I really don't think it deserves it. Um, I mean... I, I don't think it does either. I think that it was it was a lot of hype. There's a lot of hype around it. And I wanted it to be better than it was, but I also... Like, I watched it again pretty recently. Like, maybe like a year ago. And I had a smaller expectation for it because my expectations were so high the first time and then I was disappointed that when I watched it a second time I was like you know what that wasn't as bad as I thought because I went in with no expectation yeah but any movie that has a food orgy should probably be like set aside a little bit you know what I mean (laughs) what do you mean I mean like it's it's never been done before i mean they definitely went into uncharted territory like i mean you're you're right they're pushing the envelope with this food orgy mm-hmm. i so realistic play with your food kids so realistically like how mad can you be at that movie i can be really mad like whether it's founded or not is different but uh no no i think it's pretty founded to be upset about the food orgy <laughs> i mean i was i i was I think I laughed the hardest at that because it was just the most ridiculous thing that I'd ever seen in my entire life. But then again, I think when I first saw it, we had just watched Cannibal Holocaust, so I was in a very nihilist place then. Ah, yeah, yeah, that'll do it. Uh, Cannibal Holocaust will put a damper on, uh, you know, your interpretation of Sausage Party. (laughs) 
Um, I, I don't think that should be your complete takeaway from Cannibal Holocaust, but, um, man, this movie's gonna ruin, uh, adult animated comedies for me. That is a weird transition. Are you, it by will. chance, a serial killer? It will do that, though. It, 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 it do, it do be like that. It do be, do be, do.